Welcome to the Inventory Nation podcast, a show designed to bring you the incredible voices and stories of veterinary professionals coast to coast, all while helping you to manage and control your inventory. I'm your host, Nicole Clausen, coach, advisor, and champion for veterinary teams and their inventory. Joining you live from the mountains of Montana, welcome to the show. Hello and welcome back to the Inventory Nation podcast. Today, I am absolutely delighted and honored to be joined with Marcy Thrash. Marcy is the Program Director for Project Vets. She manages all of the inventory that comes in and goes out of the warehouse, communicates with all of the recipient groups, oversees warehouse staff and volunteers, and helps with a wide range of other jobs. Project Vets is a huge part of Marcy's life. Their mission reflects her own beliefs, being kind to our environment, and saving animals. When she is not at Project Vets, Marcy owns and operates a therapeutic pet massage practice and works part-time for a small animal practice in Colorado. She loves hiking, camping, live music, and romping around with her three dogs, Hazel, Gus, and Bruce. She recently welcomed her beautiful daughter, Robin, into this world in January and is having a blast being a mom. Thank you so much for joining us, Marcy. You're welcome. It's good to be here. Absolutely. So tell us um, briefly, what is Project Vets? What is your mission? Like, what are y'all out to accomplish? So Project Vets is a nonprofit. We're based out of Boulder, Colorado. Uh, The VETS part stands for Veterinary Equipment, Technology, and Supplies, so V-E-T-S. We collect um, used and new veterinary supplies, so anything from like bandaging material all the way up to larger pieces of equipment like anesthesia machines, microscopes, things like that. Um, We also collect non-veterinary supplies, so leashes, collars, toys. Um, The technology part is um, things like books, CDs, um, teaching materials, things like that. We collect all of these in our warehouse in Boulder, Colorado, and then we redistribute these items out to over 100 other nonprofit animal welfare groups all around the world. So these are small groups. Sometimes they're a little bit bigger, but usually they're pretty small grassroots nonprofits that are just kind of getting started. um, And we provide them with veterinary supplies that they need free of charge. So they can save their dogs for other things. Yeah. That is amazing. What an amazing, incredible mission. And so you like work with groups worldwide. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So we have groups in over 50 countries all over the world. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So now that we know a little bit more about Project Vets, tell us your story. How did you get started in veterinary medicine? Um, so like all of us, <laughs> I've loved animals, you know, a very, very young age. I did not, um, see myself actually working in the field, um, in the very beginning. Um, I started off, I wanted to be a nutritionist. So I went to college and got a degree in wellness management and health science. And I've always worked in the nonprofit sector, even through college, um, So I was working, I remember I was working at a large hospital in California and I was like, wow, there's like so much money coming in and in and out of this hospital. I kind of wanted to 
really focus on the smaller, the smaller guy. Um, mm-hmm. And I really wanted to work with animals. So I um, went back to school and I got my veterinary technician certification at Bell Ray Institute in Denver, Colorado. Um, and I, from there went on to work at some small, a couple small animal practices. And one of the practices I worked at, um, the owner of the practice actually founded Project Vets and she, and I did all of her inventory and ordering and, and things like that at the practice. And she was like, can you just help me for a couple hours a week? Um, cause Project Vets was growing and they needed, um, just a little bit more help. So I started working maybe 10 hours a week there, just helping her sort supplies and put things into the inventory database. And um, that was nine, nine and a half years ago. And so now I am working almost full time. It's about 30, 35 hours a week here at the warehouse and um, the director, the program director here. And Project Vets is just growing every year. We have more groups um, that need our help. So yeah, that's kind of my story. That is so cool. What... What a journey. <laughs> yeah. um, so what are, um, what are kind of some of the organizations that you work with now? Like, is it strictly companion animal or what does that look like? So we have about a hundred animal welfare groups that we work with right now. Um, our groups are companion animal, working animal, and also a lot of wildlife. And this wildlife can include things like you know, raccoons and squirrels all the way up to mountain gorillas and, um, you know, leopards. So wildlife has a pretty large range of wildlife. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so these, um, animal welfare groups are everywhere in the world. We work locally with some of the groups here in Colorado. So out here in Colorado, the wolf sanctuary, we have Greenwood wildlife rehab, which is right down the street from us. And they do tons of coyotes and squirrels and raccoons and things like that. Um, Rocky Mountain Feline Rescue. So we do companion animals too. Um, Our international groups, the majority of them are in Africa and India. Um, For example, some of our groups in Africa are the Victoria Falls Wildlife Trust. We work with the Pan-African Sanctuary Alliance, All Creatures Animal Welfare Trust in Africa, um, in India, Wildlife SOS and Dharamsala Animal Rescue. We also have groups in Nepal, in Greenland, um, a couple in Belize. I could go on and on and on. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, here in the U.S., we have groups in Texas, Florida, Pennsylvania, New York, Nevada, California. Um, So just groups everywhere, which is really cool. The huge, wide variety of people and animals that we get to work with. Yeah, I bet just... I bet that's just incredibly fascinating. I just like, I'm like, I want to know more. (laughs) It's really cool. And um, all the work that our groups do is just amazing. And it's fun to watch them grow from, you know, some of them are pretty small and then they grow into these really large organizations and it's really cool. Um, In the beginning, you know, they're like, we need free gauze. And then by the end of a couple of years, they've grown so much, they don't really need us anymore. And that's totally fine. We like that. So, Yeah. It's like they kind of graduated. (laughs) Um, So do you have, um, so do you hear a lot about the cases and, you know, what the supplies, like, do you kind of like hear feedback of like how you've helped? 
Yeah. Um, so each year, actually, the groups are kind of required to tell us um, <laughs> what are they doing with these supplies? How are they using them? Where are they going? Um, and provide us with stories and, and a lot of pictures of our supplies in use, especially when we give them larger pieces of equipment. Um, mm-hmm. So most of our groups, I mean, I would say 90% of our groups ask us for um, an autoclave and a centrifuge. <laughs> like they just need them so desperately. Um, and the larger pieces of equipment, those are really, really what our, our groups are in need of. Um, but yeah, yeah. Each year they're required to submit us a grant report that just tells us, you know, what are the supplies being used for and, and give us some, some cases of, of some animals that they've helped, which is, has been really cool to see the kind of stories roll in. And I'm oh, yeah. many of them, I'm trying to think of like a specific story to <laughs> do, but, um, there's just a lot. <laughs> Well, that's great. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, so tell me about the logistical side of things. So a lot of our listeners are either inventory managers or they're practice managers with okay. a focus on inventory. So how did kind of going from working in a practice to managing inventory there kind of shifting then to project vets, what was that transition like? Um, and just tell me more about the logistical side of things. Okay. Um, so if we start at, let's just start out with, so you're a practice, you have say, I don't know, every practice I've seen has a weird little closet that's like full of, you know, <laughs> a type of cast padding that certain vet won't use. And, you know, size five and a half gloves that nobody has surgical gloves that nobody has small enough hands to fit into. You know, they always have these little like storages of, of, extra things. And it's so funny because I feel like vet practices always keep them. They're like, we'll use them one day. And then (laughs) they're expired and then nobody wants them anymore. And you have to throw them in the trash and you know, your distributor won't give you the credit back. And um, so that's kind of what project vets is here for. We will take expired goods um, to a point as far as like suture material and surgical gloves. We only take them up to one year past expiration, but everything else We'll take a good a good amount of time past expiration. So um, let's just say, for example, you have a full box of five and a half size surgical gloves that nobody's using. They've expired and you are like, I'm going to just throw them in the trash. Instead, you can send them here to Project Vets. Um, we will inventory them and put them out on the shelf. We will look through our database of our groups and see, you know, who who needs what and when do they need them and when's the last time they got supplies um, and we will pack them a box full of everything they need. So depending on what the group does, as far as if they're companion animal, we do a lot of high volume spay neuter groups. Um, a lot of our wildlife groups need random things that you would never think of. Um, <laughs> they don't need like the <laughs> typical spay and neuter supplies. And then we have our, our primate groups, which can take a lot of human supplies that you would, you wouldn't think of like the you know, blood pressure cuffs, cuffs for an adult human. Um, they can use those in the primate groups that work with like large apes and things like that. So um, then we would take those five and a half surgical gloves and pack them up in a box and send them, send them away to Africa or India or wherever they need them. So yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. So, I mean, uh, these group, these hospitals out there that are hoarding their supplies in little closet places <laughs> with expired IV catheters from five years ago, <laughs> you know, we're, we're a good outlet for them. 
Yeah, that's awesome because, you know, you are so right. There's always like this little closet or this little cover that's like an expired product graveyard yeah. and things just like go to die. And, you know, sometimes storage closet, we'll take care of it next year, you know? So we're right. always, we're looking for those vet hospitals that are, are doing that. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to know. I know sometimes I'll go in there and there's like, you know, um, product manuals that are still on like floppy disks or yeah. something like that. And I'm like, why do y'all have this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so prior to starting with Project Vets, did you have a lot of inventory management and experience and kind of has that helped you now working with Project Vets or how, how did that look like? So I didn't have any actually. Um, I got out of vet tech school and got hired at my very first small animal practice. And I think I only worked there for three, maybe two or three months when they asked me if I would be interested in doing the ordering for the uh-huh. hospital. And I think they just saw that I was, you know, had good organizational skills and really good attention to detail. Um, and I, I don't know about you, but in my experience, the ordering is like something that people just don't want to do. They think it's, they're going to like, mess up or they're scared to do it or it's boring or some for some reason this is a job that people avoid when I love it I've always loved it I don't know about you but I always think it's fun (laughs) I like to like figure out oh we need this and we don't need this and um so I was only working there for a couple of months when they asked me to do that which came very naturally to me it wasn't a burden at all so um after I started doing all the ordering and the inventory management um the veterinarian who owned the practice that started Project Vets um, asked me if I could just help her out with organizing her warehouse and at least doing the inventory of items that came in. So I wasn't involved in the shipping part yet, but it was more the donations coming in the door. How can we organize these um, so it, things make sense? <laughs> and um, where can we put them in the warehouse? How can we make the warehouse more organized? What can we do for inventory management? So she, she started a lot of it. And then over the years, it's sort of um, evolved into what it is now. So it used to be, I think we had six groups when I started and a very, very small inventory here at the warehouse. And now we have over a hundred groups and, you know, we work out of this little house that has, you know, three bedrooms and a huge living room and it's filled from top to bottom floor. I mean, we have so much stuff we can hardly fit in here anymore. So it's pretty, yeah. (laughs) That is very cool. Um, I would totally agree with you that inventory is like the redheaded stepchild of like the veterinary world. Like no one wants to do it unless you totally love it, right? There's these people that love it. They love the strategic aspect of it. They love the puzzle, but then everyone else is like, don't even talk to me about it. (laughs) I don't know why. I think it's fun personally. (laughs) I do too. I mean, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm a big giant nerd, especially about inventory. So I'm like, bring it on. <laughs> oh, you would love, you would love Project Vets then. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, oh, all the logistical things. <laughs> yeah. And you know, we are not without our flaws. We are a very, very small nonprofit. Um, we don't have um, an inventory management data, like software. So Basically, we are inputting all of our inventory into a self-made database, <laughs> and that's okay. what we're using. Um, just we can't afford a big software system for inventory management, but um, 
you know, until we can, which we will one day, we'll get big enough, we'll get there, where we can yeah. have like a, a great software system for inventory management. That is our dream right now. So we're working towards that. Right now we use like an Excel sp- spreadsheet. So, oh. but it makes sense <laughs> it, to me at least. <laughs> Well, that, you know, that's what counts, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you kind of like mentioned a little bit about the supplies and stuff that you take from veterinary practices. Oh. But if a practice has one of these like go to die graveyard hospital mm-hmm. supply closets, how can they help and support Project Vets? And what are some of the things that you commonly need? So I would say I'll kind of work my way down. So what we need the most is equipment. Um, our groups really, really need, um, patient monitoring. So, you know, pulse ox machines, um, just like the general patient monitor, they all need anesthesia machines, autoclaves, microscopes, centrifuges, these larger pieces of equipment is what we need the most right now. Um, mm-hmm. if somebody is updating their systems, um, especially like a lot of lab equipment, um, I feel like is updated more frequently. So their blood chemistry analyzers, their hematology machines, things like that. Um, and then they don't know what to do with the old ones there. We will always take them. Our groups are in charge of finding things like the solutions that go with them and the reagents. But, um, usually that's not too big of a problem. So, um, if you are a veterinarian that has one of these pieces of equipment, we do require that it be in working condition and have all of its cords and pieces um, because we can't go out and, and buy the parts. So um, if you did, say, a vet hospital updated their surgical suite, their lights work perfectly, their anesthesia machine works perfectly, their um, O2 concentrator works perfectly, but they just needed a, a newer model, um, they could send us their equipment or... If they're local, we will come and pick it up and they can always use that as a tax write-off. We provide everyone with a, with a tax form that they can use um, for their taxes. Um, if it's something more like, you know, the graveyard closet, um, they could ship it to us <laughs> here to the warehouse. And so we take things like uh, the sections that we have in our warehouse. We have a bandaging section, so we will take anything from roll gauze to tape, um, cast padding and things like that. Um, our IV supplies. So we take IV catheters, T ports, blood transfusion bags and sets, um, IV giving sets, anything that has to go in the, in the IV world. Um, as far as surgical supplies, I, I can't think, I can think of like more things that we don't take. Like we, uh-huh. we take, things that you would not think that we would take. <laughs> so <laughs> our surgical instruments is, is a big one. Our groups always need surgical instruments, you know, good ones that work, that can be autoclaved and used multiple times. Um, they always need need things like that. And then we have the general medical supplies, so cotton balls and Q-tips and things along those lines. We take those too. 
Awesome. That's perfect. So um, <clears throat> if anyone is interested in donating to Project Vets, they have some old equipment, um, supplies that are in good working order. Um, I will put information to donate and how to do that in the show notes. So don't forget to visit um, vetlogic.co slash podcast to learn about where you can send that to. Thank you. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. So if someone is interested in kind of moving into the nonprofit sector and a different role, um, mm-hmm. do you have any advice or words of wisdom that you'd like to share with them? Um, I think one, one thing I was, was thinking about earlier when we were kind of going over the pre-show notes was never, never give up an opportunity. So if something somebody presents you with an opportunity to do anything new where you will learn a skill that you don't have, just take it. I mean, I didn't know how to do the ordering and I was actually scared because nobody wanted to do it. And I was like, why doesn't anyone want to do it? This is makes me nervous. Why am I the one that has to do it? And now that I did just take that opportunity to, to learn that new skill, um, it's really brought me very far. I now work for an amazing nonprofit organization, helping more animals all over the world than I ever thought that I would. Um, and, and not just, not just animals, but people, a lot of these groups, I mean, this is their life work. This is what they have committed themselves and their entire life to starting these organizations to help the people in their area and the animals in their area. Um, and so, just by taking on that one new opportunity and that one new skill, I've really accomplished my life goal, which is helping animals and people all over the world. So yeah, my advice would be don't, don't pass by anything. Take the opportunity if presented to you. Yeah. I love that so much. I think that's awesome. <laughs> it's just cool. So cool what you've done, what you're doing. Um, and I know that you just make an incredible positive impact on people and animals throughout the world. So it's just incredible. Yeah, it's great. Well, thank you so much, Marcy, for joining us. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. It was such a pleasure. And yeah, I'm. thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I am. Um, if anybody's interested in Project Vets 2, and I'm sure you can, you know, provide links in the show notes or whatever, but our website, check it out. Um, it's projectvets.org. On there is also information about how you can donate in the form you need to fill out in order to donate. If you have a nonprofit that is interested in getting oh, excuse me, support from Project Vets, um, there's also the information on our website too, how you can apply to be a recipient group of project vets. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You have a great rest of your day. Okay, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Inventory Nation podcast and spending your time with me. I know your time is valuable and in short supply, so it truly is an honor. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe or leave a review. Be sure to visit vetlogic.co slash podcast to access the show notes and discover additional links and resources. See you next time.